You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation, and welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy, and again, this show is presented to you by PHLSportsNation.com and hosted by Anchor. Today, we have a fun discussion. Um, I realize that I haven't touched on Eagles free agents that are going to hit the market, whether they should stay or if they should should go um, from the Eagles roster going into the 2020 season. There's a lot of big names to talk about, but... Also, at the end of this episode, I'm going to touch on a little bit of the Eagles news that's swirling around. We're going to talk about Darius Slay. We're going to talk about Nigel Bradham, who was just released, or the team option was declined. And we're going to talk a little bit about the news that just came out tonight. Um, this is Wednesday night. Um, Adam Schefter reported that the new CBA was going to bring a lot of change to the NFL. So we'll get to that and my take on all of this. So starting off with the free agent stay or go. Nope. Now, before I get into this, I'm just going to say that I'm including my take on it, whether I think they should stay or go, but I'm also thinking what the Eagles are going to do. I'm going to factor both of that into all my choices here. And a lot of people, when they're making these lists, I see articles and tweets about it. A lot of these players that people are picking, they're picking eight, 10 players, stay, 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 stay. And that's not how it, that's not how it goes. Um, the Eagles aren't going to, especially because they said they're going to switch up the roster a lot. I mean, they just released Nigel Bradham uh, for an Eagle that was with a team three or four years. So they're showing that they're willing to get rid of these players that are currently or lately been on the roster and build a new team up together. And I looked at the list from 2019 of what free agents were going to hit the market, and I believe only four were brought back. Um, There was Brandon Graham, Darren Sproles, who was brought back in the summer, um, Ronald Darby, Richard Rogers, and now I'm saying this, it's actually five. Tim Jernigan, he was brought back before the draft. So just five players. I think that's it. I'm pretty sure those are the only players that they brought back that were set to hit the market or tested the market for a little bit, um, as in Sproles, Darby, and Jernigan all had their share of spending time, seeing if they wanted to go with another team or return to Philadelphia. So just seeing that number, five players, you know that the Eagles are going to keep the number similar to that, maybe a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower. So you'll see that I'm not keeping many players. I'm actually keeping probably a little bit more than what the Eagles are probably going to do, but I'm going to give you the list of the players and my explanations for all of them. First off, Rodney McLeod. So back in 2018, He suffered that knee injury, missed the rest of the season. Defense kind of fell apart without him at safety. And then they kind of rebuilt his contract, very incentive-based, but it was just structured as one more year. So 2019 was his last year of his contract, and man, he played really, really, really well. I think that was his best season of his entire career. He's a great locker room presence as well. I had the opportunity to meet Roddy McLeod, previously 
um, this fall, this past fall, while the season was going on with, during his work with the American Association for Cancer Research. That's what his foundation is. That's what he funnels a lot of his money to, um, to raise awareness for cancer and cancer research. So I got to learn more about him as a person. And he's a great guy. I'm sure that we all hear about his presence in the locker room. He's definitely a leader, along with Malcolm Jenkins in that locker room for the defensive side of the ball. But just in general, he's just a great person. Um, But on the field, he almost led the team in tackles. I believe he was just a few short of Malcolm Jenkins. He had the lead until the last game or the last two games of the season that Malcolm Jenkins kind of blew up and stole it from him. But he was leading the team in tackles. He led the team in interceptions. And like I said, I think it's the best season of his career. He started off really well, kind of slowed down a little bit, but then finished out really well. Um, I just think from a consistency standpoint and a skill standpoint, he played really well. And I think he would be an awesome piece to bring back. And one argument that I'm going to have is who else are you going to bring bring in? Because as I'm going to touch on later with Malcolm Jenkins, that whole situation, if both of them are gone, you're starting at nothing because the next two safeties are Ford and Epps. I don't think you want to start those. I think Maddox would automatically be the best safety and they want him at cornerback. So it's going to be very tricky if Jenkins or McLeod leaves, let alone both of them. Um, so I think McLeod should definitely stay on a short-term deal just to make sure that they get some stability for the future. Staying in the secondary, Ronald Darby, I'm going to say he's going to go. It was a good try. They traded for him back in 2017. Um, Jordan Matthews, and I believe a third-round pick for Ronald Darby. He's a really good cornerback. He was a really good cornerback. I was excited to have him on the team. He struggled to stay healthy. I mean, 2017, he broke his foot. 2018 was banged up a little bit, ended up tearing his ACL. And then this past year, I believe he had that hamstring injury. So um, couldn't stay on the field, couldn't stay healthy. When he was on the field, he has great speed. That's no question about it. But he doesn't have great ball skills. A lot of times you would see him get beat, and then he would catch up to the ball with that great speed. But then the receiver would still complete the catch because he just wouldn't be able to intercept the ball or even knock it down. And in my opinion, I think the defense as a whole was a lot better without him on the field. Just not not just the quarterback and the pass uh, defending the pass, but the entire defense. In 2017, when he went down that with that broken foot in the first week, everybody was so upset because this is our top cornerback, and we're going to be without him eight weeks. You know, half the season. What are they going to do? But then he was off the field and they played fine other guys stepped up i think that's when like rasul douglas and jalen mills um kind of stepped into a bigger role with the team and then all of a sudden he gets back and the secondary wasn't as good as it was similar things happened in 2018 and then back in 2019 he got hurt at the end of the year and um you know better players stepped up in his absence I think that's just the story of his time in Philly, and I think it should just end it as that. It was a good try, but let him go somewhere else. Jason Peters, I'm going to say he's going to go. Um, I had a sh- really tough time taking this decision because um, I think the Eagles really want to play that loyalty card on him because he's been with the team so long, future Hall of Famer, all of that, and he says he wants to keep playing. 
but I just don't see it happening. I think Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman finally have to stand up to what they believe in and do the best thing for this team. I mean, if he wants to come back and be left guard, I think he would definitely start over Sayamalu. So that's a possibility. But what about Andre Dillard? How are you going to draft Andre Dillard in the first round and let him sit on the bench for two seasons? Because I know for a fact, if Jason Peters comes back and wants to start at tackle, he won't move into guard. Andre Dillard is not going to start over him. 100%. That's just the way that the Eagles are going to handle the situation. That's just the respect that they have for him. They're not going to go out of their way to bring Jason Peters back, but not even start him. So why would you not only trade up in the draft, but draft someone in the first round in Andre Dillard and claim this is, this is his replacement, he's just going to be redshirted for his first year, um, work under Jason Peters, and then he's good to go. He's going to be good to go for the next 10 years. And then all of a sudden he's on the bench again? No. I'm ready to see Andre Dillard start, and I'm ready to see him go full season. I don't want him to be plugged in whenever Jason Peters is hurt or he's struggling. I want Andre Dillard in there at all times. Jason Peters, thank you for everything that you've done, but it's time for a new start. He's been a certified drive killer for the Eagles. Every time they get hot, false start. So just bringing in new energy. Jason Peters, I think he should just uh, retire after the season. I don't want to see him in another uniform. And he, he should just retire, call it a career, and finish as an Eagle. And then next stop, Hall of Fame. So all the respect in the world for Jason Peters, but it's time to call it quits. Nate Sudfeld, I'm going to say that he's going to go as well. So Nate Sudfeld has an interesting situation with the Eagles because back last last offseason, he was offered a contract extension, and he turned it down because he wanted to play really well in the preseason and leverage himself into a better deal elsewhere in 2020. But as we all know, a couple snaps in to week one of the preseason, he breaks his arm, breaks his wrist. All of a sudden, his master plan of making a lot of money and possibly a starting position in 2020 was diminished. He was back to uh, rehabbing that arm. Josh McCown was brought in, and they favored Josh McCown over him the entire year. I mean, even in the playoffs, they went into the game against the Seahawks with just Wentz and McCown. They favored a 40-year-old quarterback over a younger Nate Sudfeld, who they claimed was going to be a potential starter later in his career. So I found that a little bit questioning. They made him inactive a lot of times um, out of the year when they could have used, um, I mean, it's not like Wentz, Wentz did play all 16 games, but just from a precautionary standpoint, do you really think that McCown should be going in over Sudfeld? McCown definitely has the experience, but I think Sudfeld would be better off in this offense the way that, Doug Peterson wants the quarterback to move the ball around, move with his feet a little bit, scramble around. I think Sudfeld would be that guy. McCown, all the respect in the world to him, to what he did in the playoffs. Uh, Didn't get the win, but man, he played really hard. But just the fact that they couldn't commit to Sudfeld, even with McCown on the roster, they're not going to commit to him um, going into the 2020 season. And I think that the Eagles are going to benefit more with a veteran presence um, like a Josh McCown. Next one, this is going to be the quickest one. Nelson Aguilar, gone. 
I, I mean, I talked about him before. I talked about him during the season. There's not much much else to say. I'm not going to go and bash this kid's name over and over again. It's over. It's done with. He's not going to be on the team anymore. Everybody knows it. I hope him. Uh, that I, I hope that he does really well the next place that he plays. But it's time for a change for both sides of the deal. The Eagles don't don't need him anymore, and he doesn't need the Eagles anymore. I think he has a lot of talent, but at some some reason, his talent and the Eagles' offense they're not clicking together. So it's time that they just break up and uh, just forget that it ever happened. Vinny Curry, this is another one I struggled with, but I'm going to say say that he stays. Um, I think he played really, really well filling in for Derek Barnett when need be. Derek Barnett suffered that injury Um, late in the season. Vinny Curry snaps went skyrocketing because of that. And he was involved in a lot of big plays, made a couple of sacks as well. I think he had three sacks. And Brandon Graham was around six to eight that led the team. I mean, he wasn't that far off of, of Brandon Graham. And Graham's sacks were really stacked up against the Jets when he had three. So take away that game him and curry had similar seasons uh sack wise so it's not like he was just some scrub that didn't even get into the game he made a big impact and i think just the way that this defensive end position is built with younger players like josh sweat Jannard avery possibly joe osman possibly deshaun hall possibly sharif miller in 2020 coming off the bench that's a lot of younger players. I think all of them are un- under 26 years old. So I would love to see a veteran presence coming off the bench. He's not going to start, but he could def- definitely lead the- lead the group along with Brandon Graham <clears throat> and make sure that the Eagles get that veteran presence along with all those younger guys coming off the bench. And I want to see him finish in Philly. It's- he's one of those players that starts in Philly. I-, I want him to end in Philly. Josh McCown, I'm putting this as I don't know. Because he said that he's going to make a football decision after his rehab. Remember, he tore his hamstring completely off the bone against the Seahawks. So that's a six, I think six month recovery. Um, so well into the summer, he's going to be milking out this decision. He might make it before. I'm going to imagine he's going to make it before. But have to remember that um, his home right now is in North Carolina. He traveled back every single Friday to coach his sons in football. And his post-game conference after the playoffs, he mentioned how important his family was to him and how appreciative he was that they always moved around for him. You can't, if I gave you 10 seconds, you could not count even half of the teams that Josh McCown was on. They took so many sacrifices for him to play football um, and move around so much that I think he definitely wants to settle down somewhere is that going to be Philly? I don't know. He moved to North Carolina. I don't know if he wants to stay there for a little bit, but my consensus is I would love to have him as a coach. I think everybody would, but I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to call him up and say, McCallum, come on. Josh, we love you. Please come back because it's his choice. He did so much for this team. you got to respect his decision. He, If he wants to wait, let him wait. Tim Jernigan, I'm going to say that he's a go. Um, he's probably going to be a little bit too expensive. And remember, he's not even going to start. Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson are going to run this defensive tackle group. And I would rather see another, a new face rather than another trial run with Tim Jernigan. He was brought in in 2017 in a uh, midseason, was inked to a huge deal. And then all of a sudden, 
that didn't really work out so well. So they restructured a little bit, brought him back um, after 2018 when he hurt his back, brought him back in 2019. Uh, he did okay. So I think it's just time that you call it quits because if they bring it back, it's going to be another one-year deal. Do you really want that or do you want to build for the future and get another guy like Anthony Rush a, a shot? Um, I think they're better off going with what they have with Anthony to Rush and then the two guys that I mentioned before um, in Cox and Jernigan and try to maybe get another draft pick or a free agent signing like Bo Allen. Richard Rogers, I'm going to say he's going to be a go. Tight end is the least priority out of this whole team. The Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are the best positional group that they have right now. And Alex Ellis, I think they really like him. They He was up and down from the practice squad to the active roster early in the season. So possibly it's his chance to get the tight end three position. And remember, they started the season with just two tight ends. I don't think they're going to make signing Richard Rodgers their top priority when they know they can handle this offense with just two tight ends. Hassan Ridgeway, I'm going to say that he's going to stay. Um, I think he played really well when he was healthy. He got hurt later in the season. He would be relatively cheap, I, I would think, because he's coming off of his rookie deal and hasn't really shown a whole lot in the NFL so far. Um, remember, he was traded on draft day, day three of the draft. He was acquired from the Colts. And with the, with the Eagles, he played well, but it's not enough for him to go somewhere and cash in. So hopefully he can come back and be a great defensive end four behind Cox, Malik Jackson, and Anthony Rush, like I just mentioned. Jordan Howard, I think he's going to stay. I would love for him to stay. And my consensus is get him for two to three years to keep Miles Sanders fresh. And you can even have the snaps 60% in Sanders' favor, 40% in Howard's favor. But it's going to pay dividends for the future because if you run a running back into the ground like the, the, like the Cowboys are doing with Zeke, um, like the Rams did with Gurley, and then you pay him all this money, they're not going to produce as well as they did on their rookie deal it's just the way that these running backs are built they're not built for 10 years of 20 plus carries per game they're just going to fall apart so using sanders so much in the next couple years knowing that he is the running back of the future and you're gonna have to sign him for a good amount of money down the road it would not be smart to run him the ball that much obviously you want him as a focal point of the offense and you want to feed him the ball as much as possible but Having a guy like Jordan Howard to split carries with, that's not a bad deal at all. Nobody's talking about him right now. Um, people are talking about him possibly going somewhere to be in a running back committee. He doesn't deserve that. He deserves a lot better of a chance. But if he's willing to come back to Philly knowing that's going to be a committee, I'd be all for it. He was a beast before he got hurt. He was running this offense. And not to mention the Eagles really need a power back if they're going to have Sanders and Scott on the roster. Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, I'm going to say he's going to go. I think he could land a starting job or just a better situation in that he can be like a swing tackle, um, get brought up, kind of like what the Eagles did with him and Dillard last year. If an injury happens, get plugged in immediately. I think he could play a little bit more than that or possibly start. And he showed his versatility to play guard. It's probably just going to be too expensive to retain and be a backup uh, tackle, backup guard when you have guys like Dillard, or Jordan Mailata, never know what he's going to do. So Vitae, I'm going to say he's going to go. 
not because the Eagles want him to go, but probably just because he's going to deserve more money elsewhere. Round out the list, we have a few more to go. Camus Grugier-Hill, he's going to go. I'm going to say this because he doesn't have the greatest relationship with the Eagles right now. He hid the concussion injury. One game, he went down, said his shoulder hurt, but really, he had a concussion. Um, that's not something to play with. That's not something that the Eagles appreciated. And, um, you know, Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz had a, a good talk with him to make sure that that was not acceptable in their locker room. He had a mediocre season after being so hyped up this offseason. I was really excited to see him step on the field and then tore his MCL or sprained his MCL. So his season was off to a late start. Then once he got on the field, it was not the Camus Grosje Hill that everybody was hearing about um, in the offseason in training camp. So I think just because he hasn't showed a ton of potential, I just think it's time to remake the whole linebacker position. Right now they got Nick Gary, Alex Singleton, and Duke Riley under contract, and I think that's what they're going to roll into the offseason with and completely remake this roster at the linebacker position. Jalen Mills, I think he's going to stay. He's one of my personal favorite players. The defense is significantly better once he returned after that Liz Franck injury uh, back against the Cowboys. He came back, and after that, they played a lot better. Um, Howie Roseman loves that draft pick loyalty. If he drafts you, you have a higher chance of staying on the team. And that's, I'm sure there's a lot of facts behind that. I haven't generated them, but everybody's seen it. Fans kind of, they love it. They hate it. Um, depends on the player, but I think that Howie's going to pull this draft pick loyalty and try to keep him around. He has that swagger in the locker room. He loves Philly. I mean, he got the green hair before he even started to play one game with the Eagles and it would bring a starter back. I would love to see a starter back because Ronald Darby is not going to be on this team in 2020. So if Mills isn't either, all of a sudden you have zero starting cornerbacks. That's really tough to build in an offseason, especially the safety position too. If you lose both corners and at least one safety, you have to fill in three starting secondary players. And I know that the Eagles have Avante Maddox, City Jones, um, players like that to plug in, but let's be real. We need more talent to bring in um, than those players. So Mills is going to stay and make this offseason a little bit easier. Now going to the restricted free agents, Craig James, he's going to go. There's just not room for him. It's as simple as that. Um, maybe he ends up on the practice squad or the 90-man um, roster in the offseason just to be cut later on. Who knows, but he's not going to make the 53-man roster in 2020. Corey Clement, another re restricted free agent. Now, with these restricted free agents, the Eagles don't have to walk away from him. There's still technically um, a possibility that they can stay on the team. They just have to pick up an option. But if they decline it, save a couple hundred thousand dollars and just have space for another person. So I'm going to say Clement's going to go as well. Um, Sanders and Scott can do just what he does with running the ball and catching the ball, but they can also do it 10 times better. And he has a huge injury history. Um, I mean, ACL, all those injuries that are adding up. Um, season has been cut short in 2018, 2019. So 2020, I don't know. Can he stay healthy? In 2017, he was amazing. He was a really great accessory for this offense. But he's not going to get that much exposure in 2020 if the Eagles are going to have Sanders and Scott on the roster. Like I just said, and a revamped wide receiver group 
I just don't see Clement fitting in, and I don't see his injury history benefiting him at all. I think the Eagles are going to take the decision to release him and bring in somebody else. Cameron Johnson, to end the list, I'm going to say, obviously, 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 he is going to stay. If you remember earlier, several weeks ago, he was my MVP of the season. Um, It's kind of unheard of to have a punter as your MVP, but I mean, come on, you got to keep Cameron Johnson, Jake Elliott, Rick Lovato together. Lovato and Elliott signed their contract extensions during the season. Cam Johnson's going to join them. That's an easy stay. Now, as I mentioned, last year, last offseason, the Eagles kept five of their free agents around. This list that I just gave you would mean that the Eagles would keep six around. And again, that would be McLeod, it would be Vinnie Curry, it would be Hassan Ridgeway, Jordan Howard, Jalen Mills, and Cam Johnston. Even six might be a little too much. Just knowing how the Eagles want to switch up this roster and change it up a lot, um, I would definitely see a possibility of them only keeping four or five of these players. I think Cameron Johnson is definitely a stay. Um, I think Mills has a high chance of coming back. I think the two that are most questionable would be Vinnie Curry and Rodney McLeod. So definitely the two that we need to look into as much as possible going forward. But the Eagles have some tough, tough, tough decisions to make. But it's worth noting that none of these players, none of these six players are going to demand a ton of money. They'll demand a good amount of money because they're all going to be starters or good rotational piece players. But... It's not like the Eagles need to break the bank to bring in one of these players. They could retain all of them and still have some money to spend on a top corner or a top wide receiver in this offseason. So they have options. But to finish my list here, we're talking about Malcolm Jenkins and Alshon Jeffrey real quickly. I've done this before, but just to reiterate, Malcolm Jenkins, he's not a free agent. He is um, a player under contract, but he is not going to return if it's under the same contract. So what that means is he's just going to hold out, demand a trade, demand a release, whatever he's going to do. I definitely think he's going to stay. So in order for him to stay, he needs a new contract. Restructure that a little bit. Um, Two podcasts ago, I had Elliot Shore Parks on. If you guys haven't listened to that, please go ahead and do so. But today he tweeted, um, this is where Malcolm Jenkins ranked the last season with Earl Thomas, Kareem Jackson, Rashad Jones, and Tyron Matthew, top safeties in the league. In snaps, he was second. Tackles, he was second. Tackles for loss, first. Forced fumbles, first. Quarterback hits, first. Interceptions, fifth. So out of that group of five players, he's ranking first or second in five major categories out of the six. He definitely deserves to get paid like so. And it's not like the Eagles need to throw a ton of money at him. It would just be, he's, he only has two more years on his contract. Um, it would only be probably 3 to $5 million extra per season. Five would be a little hefty. I would say around 3 to $4 million extra per year. Now, is that going to make Jenkins so much richer? Yeah, I mean, a few million is not a not a small amount of money at all, but... It's just the pride. Um, he knows what he brings to this defense. He knows how he stacks up against top safeties in the league. So he knows that he should get paid like one. Um, that's all it is, and the Eagles need to respect that. They should have done it last offseason when they had these talks with him. 
but after a slow start to the season, he really came into his form and played like amazing. Uh, I, I, there's no other way to put it. He really saved the season, put the defense on his back, and I think Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod both should definitely be back for the short term over the next year or two, but still make safety a high priority this offseason. Get somebody that can step into Jenkins' role um, as that hybrid safety type of player, that very athletic player that you can put in anywhere in the defense just so you can have somebody to not only play in 2020 but start in years uh, in the future. Alshon Jeffrey, similar situation. Um, He's under contract for the next couple of seasons, but just the way that the contract is built, I could definitely see him not returning the team, and I think that he is going to be gone He's reportedly an issue in the locker room. Jimmy Kemsky on Bleeding Green Nation radio, he called in and he said, he says, this is his quote, well, I think they just want to get him out of the building, and rightfully so. I mean, it's two straight years he criticized the starting quarterback. I think they know it was him. So those two anonymous source quotes that we've seen the past two seasons, Jimmy Kemsky is pretty much verifying that it was Jeffrey. All that speculation it has been verified that almost 100% it was Alshon Jeffrey. You just can't have that. If you're going to build this team around Carson Wentz, you cannot have a receiver that's going to come in and criticize him and speak to the media about it. I don't know what's said in the locker room, but speaking to the media about it is very low. That That is terrible, especially a veteran receiver like Alshon Jeffrey, who has won a Super Bowl with this team. There's just no respect. Um, he has an injury history. He played in the Super Bowl with a r- torn rotator cuff, broken ribs against the Saints last season in the playoffs, and then suffered that Lisfranc injury that's just been plaguing the Eagles these past two seasons. Um, I'm not even sure if he's going to be ready for week one. And he's also regressed in skill. He's not been the receiver that he was um, even one or two years ago. They need to remake the position, and Alshon Jeffrey should not be in their future plans. Originally, I was okay with him sticking around, but after seeing that, it's almost positive that he was those those uh, leaks in the locker room, then, I mean, you got to get rid of him. I, I'm not going to tolerate that. If I was running that locker room, I would not have Alshon Jeffrey stick around, and that's final. Before we get into relevant Eagles news today, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. So as I'm sure that you've all heard, Nigel Bradham, the team option on his contract has been declined. That ended up saving the Eagles $4.4 million. In my opinion, this was a good move. I think it was definitely going to happen because just the amount of money that they would save, the amount that they value him as a linebacker, and just his play recently. He's failed to create turnovers. He isn't that great in coverage. Um, I think it was inevitable that he would be released from the team. It's not even like it was released. It was just an option that was declined. They just parted ways. And honestly, the way that this team has functioned in the past with um, a player like Tim Jernigan and other players like they they decline these options and then they all of a sudden come back later in the offseason I think Nigel Bradham will definitely garner some interest in the, around the league but I wouldn't rule out a return um, just because 
they want to get rid of that initial contract, but if he would be able to come back um, on a different contract and not be able to take up so much money, then I think they would be a little bit interested in that. But they definitely need to recreate this position as well, as well as the uh, the wide receivers position. If they're going to lose him, and as I'm predicting, Camus Grugier Hill, that's two big hits to the group. And I'm going to get into some replacements in the future because this is definitely going to be a top need this offseason. But just to run through some some initial uh prospects right now Corey Littleton who's going to hit free agency um, he was with the Rams maybe uh, some draft prospects like Troy Dye from Oregon and Evan Weaver from Cal now these are just names I'm throwing out just stay tuned in the future and I'll give you a full in-depth look at the linebacker position um, this definitely adds to it knowing that Nigel Bradham is definitely gone but I want to see somebody that can be a definite tack tackler someone that could be good in coverage but also can create some turnovers i think all those three guys can hit on most of those uh needs right there so i'm going to give you some more names and what they can do to improve the group in the near future now the big news right now is eagles reportedly being linked i'm not sure if they're interested or what is going on but Darius Slay is not going to be with the Lions next year. That's that is a fact. He is going to be traded. Will it be the Eagles? I'm all for it. I would love this. A likely trade package for him. Originally, everybody saw Sidney Jones in a third round pick. That is not enough at all. I would say Sidney Jones in a second. That might do it, but likely it would have to be a first round pick and then uh, some later round picks to add to it, like a first and a fourth similar to what we saw um, with uh, the Eagles trading Sam Bradford to the Vikings I just think a 13.3 million dollar cap hit um, is a lot but the Eagles have money for it they can be able to support that big contract for the big time playmaker aka big play slay he's 29 years old so he fits the Eagles um kind of window for what they want to do this offseason they don't want to bring in players that are too old they don't want to bring in uh, players that won't make impacts he he definitely fits the build of an impact maker but he's not too old and it could push back the need for a cornerback if they trade for Darius Slay but also sign Jalen Mills all of a sudden you have your two starting cornerbacks you won't need to sign or trade or draft I'm sorry draft a cornerback in the first three rounds of the draft in my opinion so all of a sudden a big time need can be pushed off till next year or just later in the draft um, or in free agency with a low level signing later on in the um, off season. But I, I would really like it. And a lot of people are seeing that Darius Leahy's on the last year of his deal. It seems like it's a bad, a bad deal. If the Eagles are going to give up, say city Jones in a second, that's my proposal. Say if they give up that, that seems like a lot for a one year rental, but I would argue that's actually good because Darius Slay at $13.3 million, that's going to be the cap hit that he's going to require for probably the next two or three seasons. He's not going to go below $10 million. I can guarantee you that. Unless he falls off, suffers this huge injury, he's not going to go under $10 million per season. So I don't think the Eagles would be linked to him at all if he was going to be under contract for four more years, about $10 million per year. 
no way they would be linked to him. They have super, uh, they're, they're big players in Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, linked to these huge, huge contracts. You can't support another one and still bring in better players. Having Darius Slay at $13 million for 2020 and then let him walk after that, possibly get a compensatory pick out of it, is actually the best case scenario for the Eagles because they can utilize his skill for a decent deal. He's a top corner in this league, in my opinion. At $13 million a year, that's a pretty good deal for what you're getting out of him. But then also knowing that he's probably going to walk after the 2020 season, that's okay with me. Let him go. Um, hopefully you can handle your quarterback situation better after that, but utilize him as much as possible when he's here. Something to look out for for sure. If trade rumors uh, heat up at all, make sure you come back because I'll definitely be on it right away. Lastly, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, the new CBA has been not announced, but rumors have been leaked a little bit. Adam Schefter reported that there will definitely be a change in the 2020 season in that seven teams from each conference, both the AFC and the NFC, will be making the playoffs, and only one team will have a bye. So the way it will be func- uh, functioning is one, the top team, the number one seed, will have a bye, and then the six remaining teams will play in the first round. So you'll have the second seed against the seventh, the third against the sixth, and the fourth against the fifth. And then three teams will advance from that, the team with the first round bye will get thrown in, um, and it'll be similar function, uh, similar uh, structure after that than what we've seen before. Honestly, I don't know how to feel about this. This is almost, I think it's 44% of teams out of your conference are going to make the playoffs. It's not like it's special anymore. If nearly half of the teams are making the playoffs, it's not like it's that much of an, an, an achievement. I understand that a seventh seed team might try to make some noise. Like you saw with the Titans, they came on late in the year and almost made the Super Bowl. That could definitely happen with a team like a seventh seed team just ride their hot hand. But at the same time, it takes away from the value of making it to the playoffs. It's not going to be as special. Um, and also, only one team getting a bye from each conference. I don't do not like that at all. Obviously, it'll make the league a little bit more competitive to try to get that top seed, but that's just not enough. I mean, I think the top two teams should definitely be rewarded with a bye. Just one is, uh, it's not enough. I, I don't like that. Don't like that change at all. So we'll see what happens with that. But there's just definitely going to be a lot of competition fighting for that one bye because teams love getting that bye in the playoffs. It helps so much. Another proposed change, we're not sure if this is going to happen yet, um, but the the CBA is proposing to have a 17-game regular season, not 17 weeks, it's already 17 weeks, 17 games, so it would be 18 weeks, you play 17 games and you have a bye, and then there's going to be three preseason games. Again, this is not final yet, but would likely happen, and if it does, it'll be in effect for the 2021 season. So not not next year, but the following year, so they can figure out scheduling and all that. Um, I definitely like shortening the preseason because I'm not a big fan of the preseason. A lot of teams know what they're dealing with players-wise um, after two games in the preseason. It's not like somebody's going to play mediocre and then come on the last two games of preseason and then all of a sudden make the 53-man roster Going into preseason, they have a good idea. They're just trying to round out three or four players. 
Um, so I think preseason definitely is losing its value, especially with the injuries that they suffer and all that. I like that move, reducing it. But 17 games, that's a that's a pretty hefty season. That's going to uh, – injuries are going to increase a little bit. It's going to add to the – it's going to be more excitement, but obviously it's just an economic move. I understand it from a business perspective. Um, I saw this coming eventually. Um, 2021 was a little bit quicker than what I expected, but I just hope that the players can adapt to it and still continue to um, – you know, compete as best as possible. So we'll see what happens, but those are just some updates of my take on it. It's it's crazy to see these two huge changes probably coming into effect these next two seasons. Um, it's going to be definitely interesting to watch, and I'm just really excited to have football back on and um, get to watching some Eagles football, not for the sake of them playing, but also just seeing these new rules and scheduling imp- implemented in. So it's definitely interesting. Um, make sure you check out I think just just stay tuned to ESPN Adam Schefter he had it tonight so stay tuned to their updates and what's going to end up happening it'll probably be finalized in the next uh, week or two everything all the little details so this is the discussion that I have for you today so I um, hope you enjoyed the free agent stay or go we talked about Malcolm Jenkins Alshon Jeffrey talked about Nigel Bradham Darius Slay and this new CBA deal with the NFL. It was an awesome discussion to have. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you follow us on social media. Subscribe on your favorite platform, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so you never miss another Birds banter. And go Birds!